This is episode 59 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. Every night he does this watch list. Whether or not he's trading tomorrow or not, he's doing the list. He's doing that work. And Steven Johnson. The one thing in life with me is I love trading and I love girls like so badly. That's actually two things, Steven. Today in part nine of this Trader Checklist series, Tim and Steven teach you the importance of building a watch list. Now, it can be a lot of work, and it can get a little boring, but there's a reason why you want to do this stuff. Right, Tim? Remember, in, in, in trading, it's you against the other guys. And, and you know, and no offense, Steven, I'd rather be competing with you <laughs> versus, versus a billion-dollar super genius oh hedge God. fund guy. Okay? The competition is a million million drunken jeevans running around. So. <laughs> so build a good watch list, show some discipline, and let's jump right into today's episode. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. We are continuing our series covering trader checklists. So we've worked kind of through the acronym, the PREPARE acronym. We broke down Sykes' viewpoints, uh, Stevens and my viewpoints, and now we're getting into really the nitty-gritty of applications. So uh, we've moved into the chapter where Sykes starts building a watch list, which can be, you know, it can be a little monotonous, can be a little boring, but I will tell you this, that is the type of work that enables you to find the best trades. You know, most of the trades we're looking for on a day-to-day basis in momentum stock land are stocks that have been moving for multiple days. And this could be long or short. I think about this week. We're recording this episode at the end of August right now. And I mean, the it's Friday. We're recording on Friday. And seven out of eight stocks that I'm trading or looking to trade today were on my watch list Sunday night. So there is value in finding these, keeping an eye on them, and tracking, 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 and looking for key levels. Something like Cron, um, look that up the second, on, or it'd be the August 20th was Monday. Look at Cron, that was my main stock of the week. It's basically done nothing but go up every day. You could have traded that stock Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to make money. So there is great value in knowing how to build a watch list. Yeah, and I'll just, there's two things I kind of want to add to that. The funny thing about C-R-O-N, I don't, I don't know how you spotted that because I saw you call it out in Stocks to Trade Pro being like, this could be something. You're like, I'm not sure about it, but this well, could it's, be it's, something. It's weed, you know, and, and weed stocks have been hot, so. Yeah, but I mean, I just didn't see the 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 size of the move it made. I was shocked at because it didn't just hit its its resistance level; it burst through the resistance level. And I'm like, how did you foresee that? How did you, you can't know for sure? But how do you guess that? Well, the the biggest thing back to building the case was remember weed stocks. Weed stocks were hot last week, and what is what has been great, which I love because many listeners know. I'm not a huge fan of OTC stocks, pink sheet stocks. I mean, I'll trade them, but I love my NASDAQs. Yeah. And the beauty of this week is the higher-priced weed stocks like CGC and TLRY have been moving. They're $40 weed stocks, and they're all up 30%, 40% the last week, mainly because what you're starting to see, especially in the case of CGC, Canopy Group or something, uh, Constellation Brands, which... 
you might have done work for, Stephen. They're a beer and an alcohol company. If you haven't done work for them, you've contributed not, to their profits at least. Not, not they in the put, Muslim They world. put $4 billion <laughs> into CGC. So that's why I was looking yeah. particularly at Cron because it's in my price range. It's a $7 stock, and it's a NASDAQ-listed weed stock, which I much prefer to the dark, sketchy side of the OTCs. Yeah, but I, and I was just kind of thinking, but I think you've just answered the question. I was like, why not Buds? Why not POTM? Do you know what I mean? But you just, you, these are all OTC stocks and you don't like them. The other thing that I wanted to kind and, of say and, is... And keep in mind to the listeners, especially if you're a new trader and you're a small trader, you're, unfortunately, you know, you, you, you need to look at these OTC stocks because they're the ones that are 50 cents and they're a dollar. So as I go black and yuck... I am not saying these aren't tradable. I'm not saying you shouldn't focus on them. It's just for me, as a veteran, you know, as a conservative old man, I love my Nasdaqs. But, no, but I mean, and it's each of their own because, I mean, if you think of uh, our friend who was on the podcast and part-time pizza delivery man, Papa John, <laughs> he, he, he loves POTN. He loves yep. these little shitty pink sheets. And, and he, he nails them. He's posting two and three grand. I'm like, how are you going along such big positions on these sketchy stocks? But he just sees something that's happening over and over and over, which is cool. But the market for me is a little bit, other than the weed stocks, it's a funny market. Like I've had one, I've had one green day, one day where I didn't trade at all, and three red days, which is pretty, inc- it's pretty crazy. But because you, when you find the needle in the haystack, when you find the one opportunity and it works... Say I made 1700 bucks on that one trade that I made this week, which was a, a really good trade for me. Beautiful. It was very niche pattern. And then I like lost six or 700 trying out other things, cutting losses quicker, and coming out with a, a near $1,000 week. But for me, the, the funny thing that I've learned is, well, one, I should review my whole trade journal and think, I sh- shouldn't have took this, I shouldn't have took that, I shouldn't have took this. But the other thing is, it's, in this month, it's a bit boring, or it can be. Yeah. Um, you know, remember, we have we have a lot of seasons in trading and, uh, you know, we've been recording this series of episodes through August. Um, we'll probably go. Well, uh, well, well, I'm sure we'll be into September. But just as a newer trader, just an FYI, August is, you know, everybody talks about sell in May and go away. I don't believe that. I mean, May, June, July. Um, we've had some incredible summers the last couple of years, but August is really that month where if if there is a slow month, it's always August because, I mean, Stephen's from Europe. I mean, everybody in Europe goes on the big vacations in August. You know, in the U.S., it's that back-to-school rush. Everybody's looking to take their vacations before Labor Day and stuff like that. So it is, you know, if there's one rule of seasonality – as a newer trader, if there's if there is a month to avoid, it's definitely August because the momentum and the volume really come out of the market in August. So. But uh, crazy, crazy, crazy story that I will tell you. I had, I had a bit of a headache one night. Is this not, not is this, this is this the story you're going to tell about when we were supposed to record the podcast the other day, but you got drunk <laughs> no. and didn't show up? Is that the crazy uh, story you're going to tell is, or is, not? Is this is this what you're going to do? Or is you're not going to say anything? Then you're going to put it on. I the was air. just asking. I was just asking. <laughs> no, no. But for the record, I, I did go to a beach party. There was women involved. It was difficult to leave. And then I did I did come home from the podcast, but I fell asleep, which is 
pretty terrible. And it, I like and it just how you. Show, I like how you call it fell quote unquote fell asleep nah, versus, versus quote yeah. unquote passed out. You know. Yeah. No. But like, I, I, the one thing in life with me is I love trading, and I love girls like so badly, and like. It's so difficult if you like around hot girls. It's so difficult because, like, I speak to other people and they're like, "Why are you so obsessed with women?" I'm like, it "Just turns us on." But, but anyway, I'm sorry. I publicly apologize to this to the listeners for for not causing any disrespect to them, but just I'm just disappointed in, in myself. But anyway, the what I wanted to say was, I feel remorseful, like I could cry. <laughs> what I wanted. <laughs> It's because of me. Life's out of control. You guys don't know me. Life's out of control. Like, I, I'm the least likely person who should be trading. Actually, what we need to do is we should start a steady trade GoFundMe to, to pay to relocate Steven to my basement, and then I can then beat it out of you. I mean, you but like, we, should probably, we could probably start that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy if other people are willing to pay for flights because they recognize that I've got a problem and I'm out of control. Then, then like, I need help. Like... It's not that my parents have failed us. They were just a bit too easy on us. Do you know what I mean? They were just a bit too easy. Like, my dad was at work. My mom loved me a bit too much. It's like, oh, go on, Stephen. You can have that ice cream. Go on, Stephen. You you can have that that, that toy that you've always wanted. Next thing I know, I'm bloody sleeping in for our podcast. And I'm like, (laughs) mom, where where are you now? I'm willing to bet. And and this is obviously a a steady (laughs) trade reference. When you passed out on the couch, were you wearing flip-flops by any chance from that beach party? I was not. I was not because I bought a pair of Nike flip-flops and they always, always, always give us these um, these blisters. And uh, do you know what you'd think that you, they would wear in? you think, ah, it's just a little bit. It's just a bit of wear and tear. Never never wore in, so I threw them out and I've never bought flip-flops your feet, again. Your feet are just as soft as your discipline. Mm, yes, yes. But I think my discipline's definitely got better, which links directly as a segue into this story. So I had a bit of a headache the other day, right? And my mom gave us these tablets called Im- Immigrant tablets. Have you heard of Immigrant? Is it called Immigrant over where you are? Anyway, wonderful tablets. They make you feel very light. And uh, the, 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 they help you to pass out if you've got a, a particularly strong migraine. Actually, I know what you're talking about. In, in the U.S., we call that meth. It's not meth. I, I've never done methadone before. <laughs> I've never done it. Crystal meth, methadone. Never done it before. It's never appealed to us because it's one of those things where I think if you take crystal, all right, tell your story. We got to get to these watch lists. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a dirty drug, and I've already got enough problems without being addicted to crystal meth. Although I would lose a little bit of weight, but so I I took this this immigrant tablet, and I passed out, and I had these very very lucid dreams. I know some people get lucid dreams off Alpha Brain. You take Alpha Brain, right? They give you very lucid dreams. Um, so this immigrant tablet gives a very lucid dream. And I had this trading epiphany that I was sitting at my desk. I was in a trade. And instead of, instead of what I did instead of what I would normally do is I thought I'm only going to take a stock that I know has got 10% downside on a short. I'm only going to take it if I think it's got at least 10%. And if it doesn't have 10%, I'm not going to take it because it's going to waste my time. So I'd wait where I think this has enough indicators to drop 10%. And then... I think I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to short it when I think it's near the top. And if it's not near the top, I'll cut it and I'll short higher. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a quarter size. And then when it drops, I'm going to have another quarter size. And I'm going to keep on building in and building in and building in with conviction to say, I'm not getting out of this trade until it hits my price mark. I'm not getting out. 
and I'm going to average into the winner and average into the winner and lower the risk and lower the risk. And if, and if, do you know what it is? If I end up break even through lowering my risk and averaging down into the winner, then I was wrong on me, my trade plan, so I'll get out break even. But if I'm right on my trade plan, I'm taking full profits. And do you know what it is? Bloody hell, made 1,700 bucks and I wasn't risking more than 100. And I was just like, do you know what it is? I get it. Well, th- that was a mix of I dreamt that I was doing something like that and then I applied the dream. So I dreamt the strategy and then I was like, I'm putting this into action. I think it was a mix of immigrant, you, and the Forex guy who we interviewed <laughs> a while ago. It's a, the three things come together like baby Jesus <laughs> and, the Trini- and the Trinity. <laughs> it was just like the Holy Ghost, Jesus, and the other one, whatever it was. The All three of them come together. Hey, I got an idea. How about we play the first clip? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. All right, it is now 9.30 p.m. Eastern, which means that the stock market has been closed for a few hours. We are roughly 12 hours away from the stock market reopening. So I wanted to take you through my process of building a watch list um, and seeing what I expect with these stocks. Because, again, I know it's a surprise, but I don't just look at these stocks as potential buys or potential shorts. It's all about key support, key resistance levels, odds, risk, um, and all the indicators we've been talking about. So here is uh, the watch list, literally, that I send to subscribers of my newsletters every single night. Um, I have a nice little summary here of just some of the basic rules. Uh, Today was a $45,000 profit day. I just add up basically what uh, people tell me in the chat room and on various social networks, what they've made. I made around 700 uh, this morning, as you saw. Um, my accounts now, I started the year with 12,000, and I'm at roughly 77,000 um, after seven months now. Uh, don't be impressed or not impressed with that number. I trade in order to teach. So there's a couple points I want to focus on here that is, I think, applicable um, for the new trader. Something that Sykes is doing there is every night he does this watch list. Whether or not he's trading tomorrow or not, he's doing the list. He's doing that work. And I think what he does, which is a great value, you, if, you, if you sign up for his newsletter, you get to see his thoughts. But I say you should replicate that as well. Write those notes out. Write your thoughts Mm -hmm. out because a lot of you might not be able to trade every day. And if you can then write that out and then at the end of the day, the next day, see what happened and see if your plan played out the way you thought it would. Yeah, and and the only other thing that I would probably add to that is is especially something that I picked up from you, Tim. And I I don't know if it was from a podcast or in the Stocks That Trade Pro sessions. I can't remember. But... It's good to write your thoughts down beforehand, take screenshots of the chart so you can see what the chart looked like before it developed because it's very easy to look in hindsight at a complete chart and then take a screenshot of the chart at the end of the day and I would review what you thought and then what happened and how you can refine the entry and exit points, but also review it at the end of the week as well. So psychologically, have you had good discipline? Have you had bad discipline? And what goals will you set yourself for the next week ahead as well? This all, for me, comes under kind of a daily watch list and just a, an overall weekly trading journal. Yeah, I think, you know, I've talked about this, and, and that might be the story you're thinking about. I used to have, back when I got started, I had three-ring binders. I'm a, you know, I'm an old guy. I like paper. 
but I would print those screenshots all the time and then I'd put them in that binder and then I would review them at the end of the day. That way I could have kind of that screenshot of the day before. I would write on them, you know, and again, I know all you kids out there are probably like paper and pen, but I would write on them. I'd draw key support and resistance levels. I'd be like, okay, you know, if this stock breaks this level, I would short there. I would stop here if it reclaims. Then, you know, go about your business, go to school, go to work, whatever, and then review at the end of the day and see, okay, what did this stock do? Was that a good trade or not? Yeah, and, and the other thing is as well is when especially when you're just starting out, it's good to write the plan down as part of a watch list because it's good to have the process in your head. And if you write it down, there's more chance that you're probably going to execute it or you're probably going to stick to it if it's written down. Because the trades for me that have gone way out of hand are when I haven't wrote down a plan. The plan hasn't been in my head for an hour. I've reacted to something on a whim and then it's got out of control and I've let it slide. Uh, so especially in the early days, write everything down. Write everything down before you do it. It's the, some of the best advice I've ever been given, and I didn't take it, and then I took losses because of it. So that do that work. That's the key takeaway from this clip. Write down your thoughts. Print those charts. Save the screenshots. Whatever. Review, review, review. Next clip. Uh, Nelly, Nelly did the same review, review, review. And I saw an article tonight. Business Insider said this is like one of the most boring stock markets ever. And I'm just like, oh my God, you guys are looking at the wrong stuff because right now the market is on fire, or at least my market niche is on fire. And yeah, I mean, generally it's said that four out of five stocks do follow the market, but for micro cap stocks and penny penny stocks, when a market heats up or a sector heats up, it can go crazy. When low floats heat up, it can go crazy. When weed stocks heat up, it can go crazy. There's also lulls and not every kind of stock hits your pattern. So sometimes the market might be quite volatile, but your pattern might not be coming up. So you've got to kind of sit on the sidelines and think all these people are making money. It's not my time to make money. I can accept that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's quite up and down penny stocks, I find. You do have lulls, but you have a lot of madness. Yeah, that's and that's the thing, especially that is one of the beauties of low price stocks. I mean, if you're a longtime listener of Steady Trade, I mean, you've heard my bio probably several times where I tried trading those real stocks for years. And just again, if, if I made like single digit percentages for the year, it was a good year. So the takeaway from this is most of the time, ignore the mainstream because they're looking at these billion-dollar market cap stocks. And, I mean, 90% of the year, there's action in the low-price stocks land. That's why we love it. I mean, we just talked in the intro about August being slower, but there's still, I mean, yeah, we, we went from, you know, spring 2018 having 10, you know, multi-hundred percent runners a day to now we haven't had that. But we're still getting 40, 50% runners. There's still activity. That is the beauty of low price stocks. So the takeaway, in my opinion, from this is just like Sykes said, ignore the mainstream media. There's always opportunity out there in, in low price stocks. Yeah. And you've just reminded us, actually, I was listening to a podcast uh, just earlier this afternoon because I've been checking out the competition. And there was someone really hating on penny stocks. And he was like, People new to the market shouldn't be trading penny stocks. You can't make money in penny stocks when you're new. They're like, you shouldn't be, no one should be teaching this. It's too difficult. You should be learning the higher price stocks. And I'm like, that's crazy. That's crazy with penny stocks. 
They're simpler. There's less variables. There's less less complexity. There there is less competition this from this higher much. traders. Re- remember, in, in in trading, it's you against. Well, it's ultimately it's you against the market. But in theory, it's it's you against the other guys. And and you know, and no offense, Stephen, I'd rather be competing with you versus, <laughs> versus a billion dollar super genius oh hedge God. fund guy. Okay, and the billion dollar super genius hedge fund guys do yeah. not touch low price stocks. That's the beauty of it. Is nah. you've got the, the competition is a million million drunken Jeevans running around. So <laughs> no, it's like, do I want to be against some fifty five year old bloke? who works 90 hours a week, keeping on top, on top of every single... He's got an entire team of interns. Analysis. He's got supercomputers in the basement. Yeah, yep. Or do you want some 19-year-old kid from Canada who loves getting drunk on the weekends and is just giving penny stocks a shot? Do you know what I mean? I'll choose the 19-year-old drunk Canadian kid. Nothing against Canadians. I love Canadians, but they've got a tendency to, to drink the alcohol. Anyway... Next clip. Um, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. But here, um, I just started writing this watch list on this spreadsheet that we went over earlier today. Um, I wrote down some of these stocks that I'm watching, and I've grouped them together um, as I usually do. You know, I don't look at each stock as an individual uh, type of company. I look at it as a potential play, as a pattern. Um, and patterns are very similar. So GBR, EVOK, DELT, and EBIO are my four most likely buys. Um, I'm actually long DELT overnight, which I'll explain in a second. Um, SPHS, MDGS, FATE, BLDP, XCOM, and CDTI. These are spikers and recent spikers, but none of them have, uh, you know, perfect price action or the right catalysts. Uh, GRPN, PEIX, and ALIM. These are three earnings winners, and I'm always looking at recent earnings winners, although as all three of them have proven, um, you know, they're uptrending, but they're choppy, and they're really not that exciting. And then we have SPU, OPTT, KONE, TOPS, which are the four uh, low-float plays that I've been running, and I actually did very well on SPU. This, this was my play today. So Sykes is doing something here that I do and have done for years and years and years, and he's breaking these stocks down and categorizing them. So keep in mind, remember, we're just touching on bits and pieces of Trader Checklist. Remember, the Trader Checklist, the entire thing is free. You can Google Trader Checklist. It's on YouTube. It's on TraderChecklist.com. Sykes does all of that work where he runs these through the Sykes sliding scale, and then that allows him to then categorize them. So I highly recommend you watch that. Check it out. It's there. We're not going to replay the whole thing here. So, But then the best thing I like about this, and I think it's a very valid point, is these the low price stocks run in packs, okay? They could run in packs because their earnings winner as as he mentions, they could run in packs like weed stocks like we talked about in the introduction. They could run just simply we talk about this a lot on the podcast, you know, low float stocks are a sector. I mean, you could have a low float marijuana company, a low float automotive company, a low float uh software company all different industries, but low floaters tend to run together. So I highly recommend you do the same thing. Stocks to Trade has unlimited watch lists. Pretty much any 
platform, whatever you're trading with, is going to allow you to create multiple watch lists. And I would do the same thing Sykes does here. You group them together based on what sector, based on what the setup is. You know, if they're potential shorts, potential longs, swing trades, et cetera. Um, Because, especially for me, I trade different stuff depending on the time of the day. So I will have my low float momentum watch list that are my main watches at the open because these are the stocks that typically rip at the open. They're good for long and shorts. Then as I move through the day, I'll start flipping over to my swing trade watch list and those are the stocks that I want to trade over multiple days if they're strong in the afternoon. So great tip here. Don't have a watch list that's 100 stocks long categorize them and break them down so that you can manage them and see what is moving based on the category. Yeah. And and just to touch up and add on to that, another good idea is to have a former runners watch list, because if you've got a, a, a stock that has a history of running big and then you log in and you see it's up five, 10% pre-market and it's traded anywhere between 500,000 and a million uh, if it's got a positive catalyst, there's a good chance that that's going to run again. So you just want to make sure you've kind of got that on a separate list as well. But the way that I've always uh, kind of managed my watch lists more recently, being way more short biased, as I'll be, I'll keep a list of what's up on day one, more than 10, 15%. And then the next day, I'll look back at everything on day one and, and look at mm, what moved another 10% again. And then I'm constantly looking at day three and day four thinking what is up like 40, 50, 60% over three days and four days to think what would make a good short, what's really overextended now. Because like Michael Good said, you can bet your bottom dollar if it's up three days, it's probably going to come down on the fourth. Yeah, this is is what I call my the rolling watch list methodology. So you're going to say the rolling wolf list? (laughs) No, no, not not, rolling wolf list. (laughs) But uh, you know, I talk about this all the time in Stocks Trade Pro. I, I for years, I've had that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday watch list, and this actually goes back to when I was more short biased because I did exactly what you did. You know, I wanted to see. Which stocks, you know, say it's Wednesday. Okay, what was what's the big runner from Monday doing now? So I would flip back. And if that big runner on Monday kind of closed sideways on Monday, then Tuesday started tailing off. Now come Wednesday, I'm like, hey, if this thing doesn't spike or get some news, I'll look to hammer it. So, yeah, I mean, that rolling watch list I've done for years. And, and just a random thing that came into my head because we're, we're – discussed it on stocks the trade pro this morning in the morning session don't hold shorts over the weekend especially if you're right on them under any circumstances just i just it's random it's not part of the the, the yeah, game I, but I, uh, it, I just want to say it it's amazing there are few rules you can write in stone but if you <laughs> if you are upside down on a short going into the weekend it never works Never. No. It always gets worse. Always. <laughs> and and you know the they? Do you know the they that everyone talks about in terms of, of the unknown people, the people that can kind of control the market? We call them the they. Um, they know that traders are upside down and they prop the stop, stock up on Monday and they will push and squeeze you and it can be a disaster. It's almost, if you're going to do anything, it's almost worth going long anticipating that it's going to squeeze on Monday. 
And, and just uh, keep in mind what we said. I mean, well, first of all, I'm very anti-holding any short over, over the weekend because of, you know, we call it Money Monday. There's always a lot of news. But keep in mind the caveat we're talking about is if you're upside down on a short going into the weekend, please just cover. Please. You will be, you will be so much happier come Monday. Trust me. Yeah, and you won't have the anxiety over the weekend as well. But the the one thing that last thing I'll say, the one thing that gives me a slither of hope that I will one day be a successful trader is the fact that some lessons have been deeply, deeply ingrained in me through horrendous burns, like the big loss holding a short. In in it must be more than in, in the last six months, I have never held a short overnight. I've never held a short over the weekend because the burns are catastrophic. The pain that you feel is catastrophic. And, I, and it's just like, the thought makes me shudder. I just can't do it. And I mean, you must be the same. You must shudder at the thought of doing something so catastrophic. There was a worse word, but I can't think of it. Well, I, just, I you know, again, you yeah, I, I, I've, I've done it more times than I care to admit. And if I, if I held a short, if I held a red short over the weekend, a hundred times in my career, I've been burned 99 Maybe, yeah. maybe I, I might have been burned a hundred. But and the other two things is chasing a breakout and shorten a midday parabolic. Those two things as well, I just don't do. It's been knocked out of me. It's like it's like having a fight with a bigger guy. You get knocked out, and you think I'm not going to do that again. Not that I've done it, but just had to get it out there because I'm worried about new traders. Like I'm worried about it. So just, yeah, next clip. But I just had to say that. Let's get to the watch list for a second. Um... GBR, EVOK, DELT, and EBIO are the four biggest percent gainers in the market. I highly doubt DELT will go full-on supernova tomorrow to the DELT. It's in the twos. Now... There was a, an American gentleman, a, a, a wizard of a man, a wizard of a man, once gave some very compelling advice that has stuck in my mind for the entire time I've traded. And he was once saying, make sure you write all your thoughts down and write the tickers down and maybe use a platform called Evernote. Because when you do that, you can not only look back on your thoughts, but you can also search, command search, and look back in time and in history and see what the stock's done in the past, what you are thinking in the past, how that played out, and how it's played out in the future. Do you concur, Tim? Or? Yes, yes, I do. And actually, yeah, there's a lot of applications out there. Evernote, I think, is one of the best because it's free. And what Sykes is showing here, and this is what we talk about, you know, this is that grinding that, that you'll hear me talk about over and over and over again, whether it be in Stocks sure. of Trade Pro or on the podcast. I mean, this is how the sausage gets made looking at these charts. I mean, Steven's heard me say it. You got to look at charts through your eyes bleed. You got to look at these filings. You got to look at the news and you got to write this stuff down. I mean, this is, this is Tom Brady watching film on a Thursday. This isn't, you know, you know, this clip was not action. This was not making $10,000 in five minutes. It's not Sunday afternoon for Tom Brady, but this is what you got to do on Thursday evening to get, to Sunday afternoon to get to Super Bowl Sunday. You don't see all that when when you see some guy on Twitter post some amazing profit and loss. I made 10 grand in 5 minutes. You don't get that 
without putting in the work in the film room and the weight room and everything else. Yeah, just like Steven, just, just like when Steven trains, you know, he trains once a month. You know, he puts in that work for like 15 minutes on the treadmill at like big, a big mile session. and a half out and out or mile and a half an hour, mile per hour. And sometimes he even puts that treadmill on like a one and a half percent incline when he gets crazy. I don't, I don't think you're much of a runner though, right? I, 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 we've had some competitions over the years and I'll give you that you've destroyed me when it comes to rowing. Destroyed. But do you run? You don't run, do you? I do run a little bit, mostly sprints because distance, you know, I am an old man. My joints are a little beat up. Distance running's a little hard on me. I do a lot of sprints because again, if the tiger is there, if the zombie is there, I know you'll be in flip flops. So all I got to do is outrun you for 40 yards. The zombie or the tiger gets you. I'm home free. So, Rawr. Uh There is a tiger inside of me. I must say that. And do you, do you have tiger? Do, do you have hashtag tiger blood? <laughs> don't have tiger blood. I don't have the same blood as that guy. Who's that American <laughs> guy? But but mate. But on the like sometimes to get rid of your demons and to really push yourself to feel good like. I can push a good like five k out in twenty four minutes, five k in twenty three and a half minutes. Which How is... long is that in miles? Oh no! I don't God, care about your bloody, kilometers. Bloody Americans! Bloody Americans! What am What am I going to do with you? It's probably about four miles, three point eight four miles in twenty four minutes. I would like to see you beat that. I don't think you could beat it. So I'm, uh, a, I'm a so pretty good runner. A five. Let me write this down. A five k. <laughs> I got to do a five k. 24 minutes. I don't think you can. If you do that, if you do that, you can hit me on this stage at the conference on the head with a bag full of coins to so, not be senseless. So, again, I don't, do, I don't do much distance running, so do I get a time? I mean, do I have to do this today, or can I have, like, a month, or what? Well, you're never going to do it, so you can have as long as you want. Just make it an ongoing thing. Now, you can have a you've, – you've got till you've got, you've got till the end of the year. And it, no, I don't time, that you, long. Okay, well, to beat you, <laughs> four months to beat you. I don't need I am that surpri- kind of time. I am surprisingly a good runner. I used to run. I used to run four hundred meters. Meters works for you, right? So by the by the conference, I, I, I got to run a five k in twenty four minutes. Yeah, and, and if the you conference do, I'll, is I'll October, ju- okay. I'll just I'll just I'll just beat you. I'll just because nothing. There's absolutely no way I will lose to you on this. It's okay. like me secret me secret All right. skill. So anyway, but, put in the time. Write your notes, use Evernote, use a notebook, use something, but do that work. Next clip. S-P-H-S, M-D-G-S. It's like just the gaggle. Uh, F-A-T-E. I like the, I like the use of gaggle. XCOM and CDTI. XCOM and CDTI are all recent spikers, but none of them have perfect patterns or catalysts that I like. So while I'm watching them, I'm in no rush whatsoever to trade them. They need better news, better volume, better patterns before they get my hard-earned money. Let me explain what I mean. Here is SPHS. You know, this one 
was going up, but then you have like kind of like this kiss of death, and it's been just treading water ever since. Um, this is not, uh, you know, when you get a big drop like this and it can't really bounce, that's not a good sign for buyers. That said, I'd be scared to short it because it's gone up so much and shorting in this market is very, very scary. Um, shorting anything, you know, and this still has a, an uptrend. You know, I don't know what to do. It's mid-range and that's it. Uh, MDGS, same kind of thing. MDGS was that big spiker. I tried to buy it at two right here, and it spiked too quickly. I missed it. I didn't want to chase it. Well, guess what? It was holding just above two, but today, pre-market, it couldn't hold its gains, and it finished just under two. And it looks like two is being used as resistance um, now. So there's absolutely nothing that I want to do with this as long as it's under resistance. And, you know, it now has... Resistance at 2 and resistance here at like 210 and resistance here at 230. It's going to take news, volume, and I don't really ever want to buy a stock that's down 11%. That's going in the wrong direction. I know some of you guys think, oh, let's dip by it. This is a good time. Again, I like big percent gainers. I don't like losers um, because they're frankly just not predictable, not as predictable. And I don't want to short it. Because, you know, you could get another one of these spikes where it spikes a dollar a share in 10 minutes. So the risk reward on shorting it is terrible. So what uh, there's the valuable lesson from this clip and the reason we selected this one to focus on from Trader Checklist. And remember, you can see the whole thing for free. Trader Checklist is entirely for free on YouTube and at TraderChecklist.com. But the biggest thing that I liked about this clip was Sykes is showing you what stocks to not trade, how to get something off your list. This is something that I go through every day. I mean, whether I'm trading on my own or in Stocks to Trade Pro, remember, I love. there is nothing I love more than kicking a stock off my watch list. I love it. I love, you know, gone. It almost makes me happier. The only thing that ha- makes me happier is when I can c- click close on a Skype session with Steven. That makes me happier, but kicking a stock off my watch list is close because there's so many momentum stocks. There's so many movers out there. You can't trade them all. I use this saying all the time on the podcast, he who chases many rabbits catches none. You can't follow as a new trader or even an intermediate trader. You can't sit here and follow 15 stocks, 20 stocks. You certainly can't trade them. I mean, as, as a newer trader, One, maybe two positions are the most you should have. So there is work in breaking these down and kicking them off the list. And that's why I have these worksheets. If you're following along on YouTube, you can see a couple of them here. So I've got all these criteria. And basically, that's what Sykes is doing. It doesn't meet this. It doesn't meet this. It doesn't meet this. You're gone. You're off my watch list. Let's move on. So what's the phrase? He who chases bunny rabbits? He who chases none. many rabbits catches none. And it's just like in football. Okay, so if you're playing football and you're and you're trying to block two guys, you'll block neither of them. You have to even if you decide as alignment. I I was a fullback. I mean, if you're running that end around, you need to pick a guy to block. If you try and block two guys, 
you're, you know, you're not going to get either of them, and your running back's going to get tackled. So you got to focus on one. If you try and do, if you try and chase a bunch of rabbits, you'll get none. I, I never really thought of you as a as a football player. You, you mean NFL, like an NFL player, right? Well, like I, a, I was no, I was certainly not in the NFL. I did not play college <laughs> high school football. Yes. High but school, high school, that sport. Yeah. I could just not imagine you. You know, uh, what, the what, what real football, like, you know, the NFL, not that whatever yeah, with yeah. you guys running around chasing a ball for three and a half hours. I thought it would have been too risky for you. Wait, wait, was, that, was, there no, was there no risk in that? Yeah, a lot of risk. But again, when you're, when you're a teenage male, I mean, you like to run into just stuff. Full of testosterone. Just yeah, full of testosterone. I mean, I mean, there, there's, I mean you like to run into stuff when you're that age. So. I like it. I like the camaraderie. I was a, yes. I was a rugby league player. If, you, yep. if you've heard of rugby league, yeah. I was playing rugby league. I was second row. So that's a big lad. But a uh, couple, of, couple of things that I'm burning to say, and I'm, I knew that I would almost forget them <laughs> if we talk too long about stuff. Shit. Uh, the, the, I am the worst podcast person ever. But one of the things is... You're not, Pretty much you're not, what you said. You're not the worst, but, but I, I would I nearly, say, you are I'm, one, you are one of the worst. You know, I'm not saying some, you're the worst. There's some bad podcasters. <laughs> there's some bad podcasters. I've listened to some podcasters and, and I'm like, you guys are trying to be funny and it's not, it's not legit funny. It's not serious funny. It's not natural. But anyway, what, what I would say is not the bunny rabbit, chase the bunny rabbit thing and catch them all or don't catch them all. I, I wouldn't say that, but I'd say something similar and I'd say, Jack of all trades is the master of none. And I think especially when you're new, you need to master one setup. So if you've got 10 stocks and you're watching them all, you, you're going to just mess something up because you need to have a proper plan. You need to be familiar with the plan. You need to have seen it happen before. And the only way to do that is just to follow one or two setups religiously to the point where you think, right, he has me set up. This isn't me set up. He has me set up. This isn't me set up. And the other thing that I would say, and like just for me, like if I trade me one set all the time, I make money regularly. When I do random other stuff, I lose. And there's a counterintuitive argument where you could say, but you have to trade other stuff to learn. But there's some stuff that you just don't get. Like there's some like dip buying, some people will just not get. Breakout, some people might just not get. Shorten, some people might just not get. So you've got to find your niche and just try and stick to it until you really master it. The other thing I would say is, is an idea for stocks to trade. It might be a nice idea because you know how when you, you've got a list of 10 stocks, maybe you want to kick it off the watch list that day because it didn't do exactly what you want, but you don't want to kick it off the watch list permanently. So I wonder, is there a way of just crossing a red line through one of the stocks just to say, I don't want to look at that for the rest of the day? Well, the way I, I mean, I I guess we could, we could certainly consider that the way, well, the, well, the way I do it is again, back to like what we talked about with Evernote, because I'll look back, you know, especially, I mean, if it's later in the week and especially if maybe I'm struggling to to build a watch list, because maybe, maybe it's a little slow out there. That's when I start flipping back through those previous days. And you might be like, Oh, Hey, here's this stock that I was talking about on Mondays. This is back is back at 52s. Maybe I want to put this back on my watch list. So. And what I do a lot is set alerts too. So like if there's a stock, it's a slower moving stock and say, I want to buy it when it hits a 52 week high, I'll set that alert at 52 week high. Then I can kind of just forget about it because if it fades or goes sideways, I don't get the alert. 
Yeah, and, and do you know what? Do you know what pattern we saw today? And I was put, I put it straight out on Twitter, and I was like, ha ha ha. Do you know what, was it TRX today? Uh, was it the high priced weed stock? TLRI. Uh, CGC. Is it? Yeah, TLRI. I'm so yep, bad yep. with tickers. It's unbelievable. TLRI. It was the pattern. Do you know the pattern that we've been talking about in the podcast, and the podcast, and the podcast? Popped, popped up, spikes, came back down, kind of double bottomed, and then it was just about to hit new high of days. And I, and I was like, I was on Twitter, and I was like, oh, the, we've been talking about this on the Steady Trade podcast. I'm long. This is the best. And then bloody Citroen put a tweet out saying he's dropped his position in it, and he, and he bloody ruined all the longs. He, yeah. messed, well, he turned, turned all upside down. I was like, no, I've just tweeted about this. Well, which, you know, and that happens in trading. You know, that, that's why you have a plan, and that's why you have a stop loss, because you're right. TLRY was beautiful today. It was it's running. a hot sector. It's marijuana, but you can't control when, it, when some when when somebody like Citron Research, who has a huge following, who is known for moving stocks, when he drops that hammer, you know that that's why you got to be you got to react. You can't predict that. So, but you know what you shouldn't also do. You shouldn't flip flop too much. You shouldn't wear flip flops, and you shouldn't flip flop in trading because the first thing I did is thought this. That, know, that could a be a thing. new steady trade shirt right there. <laughs> Don't wear flip-flops don't, and don't. definitely don't flip-flop in your trading. <laughs> like, we need to make these T-shirts. It's on the list of agenda things. But the one thing that I did today is I thought, you know what it is? The last time Citroen did something like this, the stock dropped from 9 to 4 with CBSI. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, go- I'm flip-flopping. Yeah, I was long. It's dropped. I'm flip-flopping. I'm going short. Of course, went too heavy with too much size, too early with too much instinctively then it was popping up popping up popping up and when it made a little dip i just got out for a small loss because i was just like you you are you went too big too much size too soon and then of course it's dropped and dropped since but i lost a hundred bucks because i flip-flopped don't flip-flop don't wear flip-flops don't flip-flop right i agree flip-flop do you flip-flop you know, again, obviously, I talk about this all the time. Trading is about mistakes. I try not to. One of the reasons I make all these notes, these trade plans, is I try to kind of stick with what I was thinking. But, hey, I'll admit, something, especially when something like that happens, when you've got this change, whether it be a piece of news or whether it be a, somebody with a big following tweeting about it, um, I, I've done it. You know, I try not to though. I try to go into the day saying, okay, I'm, this is my plan on this stock. You know, if I'm looking to buy this price level and, and it spikes that price level and fails, I try and avoid saying, okay, now this is a short or vice versa. But Hey, we, we, yeah, you know, the, the biggest thing with trading is minimizing your mistakes because you're going to make a mistake today. You're going to make one tomorrow. You know, you're going to make one next week, next year, but minimize those mistakes. Yeah, and just the last thing I'll say as well is it, it's, it's so good to try and stroke the ego and be like, oh, you just saw this thing in two seconds and you took this decision and you killed it. But on the flip side, I remember what Duck said at the last conference. He said, if you have conflicting indicators, don't trade it. And I think this was a good example because you've got the weed sector that's hot. You've got the stock that's on 52-week highs. You've got big volume. And it's almost uh, back to day highs right now. You know, we're we're right. getting into we're getting into one PM and it's pretty much recovered that entire move from that Citron tweet. So Right, but you've you've got a number of, of bullish indicators, hot sector, lots of volume, multi year highs, but then you've got a lot of bearish indicators where you've got like Citron's just on a hit piece. The last hit piece he did or the last tweet he did it went the stock went from nine to four. Everyone's just that's a big crack in the intraday chart. So for me it's like 
there, there's real conflict and indicators there, so just don't take it either way. Don't guess it. So the lessons from this episode of Trader Checklist, the two biggest takeaways are, first of all, watch Trader Checklist, follow along with us. If you're, look, if you're wondering about some of the stuff we talk about on screen and you're listening on iTunes, remember you can go to SteadyTrade.com, you can go to YouTube and watch. Go to Trader Checklist, check it out, TraderChecklist.com, or just search for Trader Checklist on YouTube. And always remember, don't wear flip-flops and don't flip-flop your trade plan. And don't chase all of the rabbits. <laughs> Hi, this is Aaron, a.k.a. Double A-Ron from New York City. And I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City. (laughs) 